hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 22. Should be clarified that it's not twenty. Also, yes, twenty-two. <laughs> yes. numerically. Yeah. Oh, we know that Just would in case be great. You were on the fence about what we were implying here. Every yeah, every time we encounter a two, we're gonna say, but it's it's just gonna be yeah, exactly like that, like thirty-two. But that would technically be thirty-one, wouldn't it? What? <laughs> this is episode twenty-two. Two. This is episode twenty-two. I, I think I kind of just made it complicated and nobody was thinking. No. <laughs> nobody was thinking what I was thinking. So. It's episode 20, comma, T-O-O. <laughs> no, but we are episode 22 and we just had an amazing thought. We're going to release this episode on Tuesday. As in Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. So it's going to be episode 22 on 2-22-2022. Which is a Tuesday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is now Tuesday. when you're listening to this. <laughs> it is released. Yeah. Well, we obviously didn't record it on the day it was released. Not like we're yeah. doing it live. Well, hopefully they're listening to it on the day it was released. I said we're releasing it on that day. I... Yeah. What does it matter if they didn't? I mean, no. it just... You know, it's still, it's still applicable if it was released on that day. The it's all are... about when it was published. The sentiment, you'll know. You'll know. Our heart was in the right place. We did this special for you. We mixed up the days just so we could have this Tuesday. 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 Do you guys ever see that guy on TikTok? Nope. I may have sent it to you once. Yes. Where the guy's like, Tuesday. 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 Tuesday, isn't it? You know, too bad there's not 22 months in the year, so it could be 22, 22, 2022. You but want then we'd 22 have to... months in a year? Well, what if they were like short? What if they were short months? <laughs> I feel like the last couple years has just been one long right? year, like 22 months worth. Yeah, wouldn't that keep it fresh though if you just cut months in half? We had 24 months in a year. <laughs> They're 15 days. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I can't believe it's February 2.0 already. You know, I'm sure there's some planet where a year is 22 months, roughly. Yeah, planet zingles up. We're getting real... From the Galactic dimension. Yo, secondary fermentation. We're real galactic. Uh, I realize I skipped intros. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nick and Lauren. Lauren's back. Back again. I knew you were gonna do that. Elsie's back. Tell your friends. Elsie's back. Elsie's oh, back. Elsie's back. And I think y'all are now regretting it. Yes, yeah, I think so. I think she purposely takes breaks so that she can have a grand re-entrance. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't hate the plan. Keep the people hate warm. The game. Yeah. How was it? How was your trip to uh, the Upper West Side to trade ostrich eggs with the uh, jade jeweler? <laughs> no, I, I thought she wasn't here because uh, she was farming bitcoin on wall street <laughs> cutting her teeth with uh up and coming crypto currency yeah uh dogecoin oh. traders yeah i thought you were out taking guitar lessons from stevie ray vaughn no i was knitting little socks for dogs that don't have fur <laughs> <laughs> i almost thought you were gonna say without feet I'm like, yeah, yeah. Socks. <laughs> 
Dogs without paws. Well, oh, man. Well, now that you're back from skiing in the Swiss Alps with <laughs> with Michael Phelps. <laughs> uh, Turns out he's not as good of a skier as he is a swimmer. Nope. Turns out. Who to thunk it? All right, so you guys want to go ahead and crack a beer? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nikki sounded so. Cracking a beer. Oh well, we already cracked it because it's a special bottle we got today. Ooh, what you got? It is barley wine ale from BJ's Brewhouse Beer Club. It's actually a selection from the craft beer of, or sorry, rare beer of the month club that my uh, brother got for me. You may have heard of us talk about it during our rare beer episode a uh, few weeks back. But this one uh, from BJ's Brewhouse Beer Club in Temple, Texas. First, I saw the logo and I was like, is this from BJ's, the Wholesale Food Club? But uh, <laughs> No, it's from the Brewhouse Beer Club. Yeah, it's from the Brewhouse Beer Club. This is an American barley wine, 10.5% alcohol by volume. I like how this little, you know, they give you a little printout sheet about it that talks about the, the background of the thing and some notes on the beer. Uh, and their description is it pours a deep reddish brown color capped by a off-white foam that's nicely retained given the high ABV. Which, I'd say that's a pretty accurate statement. Very accurate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of like a brick red almost, but like a yeah. shiny brick red. It's got... It's rusty. Yeah, rusty. It's got, you know, it lets the light pass through. But this does retain head very well. I mean, it's had this for quite a long time. And we didn't crack the beer because we had to take the cage off and pop the cork. But... It features Citra and Equinot hops, 55 IBUs, so pretty decent amount of bitterness, but it's got a lot of malt to back it up. Mm-hmm. Very formidable malt backbone. Yeah, definitely a little bit of ester in there, too. I think from those hops, they're producing some, I don't know, kind of, it's like a little bit of a like dark fruit, but also a little mm-hmm. bit of like a, a bright kind of citrus tang to it. Yeah, like the, you can you can taste like the hoppy citrusness and citrus kind of flavors, but then like like you said, like that dark fruit from the fermentation process. It's quite nice. It's pretty like complex tasting. It's definitely kind of a slower sipper. It's it's got a pretty boozy flavor to it, for sure. Yeah. But it's pretty good. What'd you think, Lauren? Um, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I think I knew that was coming. Yeah, after. me too. Um. One, I can say the dark fruit. Two, probably the booziness. But it's also pretty aggressively hopped and pretty bitter. That being said, the, a lot of those strong flavors, I think, are balanced out nicely by everything that's going on here. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty decent beer. Yeah, and not very often we try a barley wine, so it's always good to get one of those. Mm-hmm. And not just any old barley wine, it's a rare one. So Oh, rare. I'm curious, actually, to how rare the things are from this. Because you can buy more of these. <laughs> so, like, they, the little sheet comes with a thing. You can call. Oh, actually, you can go online and order it. 18 bucks a bottle. Yeah, but oh. if you buy four bottles, you get a 20% discount. Six bottles, 30%. 12 bottles. It must not be that rare if you can buy 12 bottles. Here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have, have them all. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's more unique for us. We get to try things. I think downstairs, the, the they come two in a pack. The other one we got was... Uh, Imperial I'm Stout. I'm excited about that one. I know, right? Mm-hmm. That one will be good. Mm-hmm. Will what? it? Are you saying we should have done that one instead? I mean, I would have probably enjoyed that a little bit more. We can do it after for the next sode. Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, 
Not tonight. <laughs> Don't want to drink a barley wine and an imperial stout in the same night. Doesn't seem smart. I think you'd feel the pain the next day. Yeah. Especially if you drink the whole thing. This comes in a 750 mil bottle. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a big boy. Oh, but yeah. So, how would you say the mouthfeel of this is, Nick? The mouthfeel? Oh, boy. That's a great question. Well, first of all, let me uh, give us a taste here and... Uh... Evaluate the mouthfeel. Yeah. Evaluation of mouthfeel. Again, we are... So we're here back with the beer evaluation mini-series, and we're actually finishing it up today. The final category for that BJCP evaluation is mouthfeel. It's the final category. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yep. I said it. Wait, why can't I remember the name of the band that sings this song? But wait, what is, is mouthfeel? Europe? Europe. Yeah, that's what it was. I was going to say Russia, but I was like, that is not it. What? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Would you ask Warren? I what wanted to know what is mouthfeel. I was speculating about the band that sang the final countdown. I know. I'm trying to stay on task here. She's, she's... And I am focused on the beer. Wow. You're that's focused the first on time Europe, said that. I'm focused on Europe. <laughs> mouthfeel. It's what you feel with your mouth. Yeah, but like, what does that mean? What does it mean to you? I mean, if things are wet or dry, like that's the only thing that Texture I can think in my of. mouth. Like if you eat a yeah. bunch of dirt, like it's it, dry. Would you say that's dry? <laughs> that's dry. It's if you chalky. drink a bunch of water, wet. Oh yes. Yes. Wow. Explicit. It's a really. Uh, it's a nice way to, in, in my own paraphrasing of it, it's a good way I think to describe the beer's composition in a way. We're, we're excluding the flavor and aromatic characteristics and just focusing purely on the makeup of the beer. You know, if it's something that's a little bit heavier body, uh, which we'll go into body a little bit more too. If it's crisp and carbonated, if it's kind of soft, velvety, smooth, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit flat, bright. Uh, these are some characteristics characteristics yeah. you can use. It's just, uh, it's just the overall body and physical composition of the beer and how that reacts to your palate when you take a drink yeah exactly and i mean we describe mouthfeel with a, a bunch of descriptor terms that you just said for me I, when i think of mouthfeel as a whole i think of it as the i guess the summation of all of those different aspects into one singular experience it's an experience like it's that. an experience you know like you can say the bitterness the dryness the the fullness of the body altogether creates the mouthfeel hmm. so if you say i mean for example you think something's like you know we use it's crisp a lot you know that's usually a drier beer that may have a little bit lighter body that is probably highly carbonated and leaves your mouth feeling refreshed but i guess what we what's so i guess what's the difference between body and mouthfeel because body is talked about a lot yeah i think kind of like what you mentioned body being sort of a subset of the overall mouthfeel of a beer and you know typically you're gonna evaluate and and sort of scale that between a beer being light-bodied to full-bodied or however you want to describe heavy-bodied heavy-bodied <laughs> heavy body. you gotta go on a weight loss yeah. plan it's like this is like the, the atkins diet beer this beer is thick with so, two c's yeah and this one I would say kind of falls right into like a medium body. It's it's a little bit full and rich, but I don't want to say it's like thick as in a so like an imperial stout to me is mm-hmm. a really full bodied 
thick, viscous beer. Viscous is another good word to use for a beer that kind of coats the mouth mm-hmm. and like sticks. Mm-hmm. Syrupy. Um, yeah. And you can almost, I mean, that viscosity of the beer is almost something you can kind of see. If you swirl a glass of water around, like you can see how quickly that it moves with a low viscosity. But if you have something that's syrupy, you know, think about it like a bottle of maple syrup. If you move it around, the liquid moves slowly. Right. And with beer, you can do that too. And sometimes if it's got really like thick legs, <laughs> yeah, it'll... like it'll kind of run down the side and almost like drips down the side of the glass. This yeah. one moves a little slower than normal, but not too much. Yeah. It tastes very alcoholy. Yes, yeah, it's boozy. And alcohol can is a flavor can be a flavor, but also can contribute to the mouthfeel. That respect. alcoholic warmth, you know that mm. you, know, you take a Ooh, shot of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kind of back in the throat for me, or when I swallow the beer after I'm already evaluating the the body and maybe the the fullness or viscosity, I'm feeling how it reacts when I swallow, and like if I get that little bit of a a burn or kind of a warming sensation, I think of that being a really Deep. Burn. <laughs> burn deep in my throat. <laughs> Which is how everybody burn? loves to drink a beer, I think. Yeah. No. I like it when I drink liquids that make me feel like I'm on fire. No. No? No. You're not a fan of the booziness? I am not. That's not my favorite. See, for me, the primary uh, like thing that's standing out is the drying finish on this. And I think it's a combination of the alcohol and the bitterness. Mm-hmm. This kind of tastes like if I took fingernail polish remover and like swished it in my mouth. Wow, fingernail polish remover is acetone. Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't want acetone in beer. I was going <laughs> to make a joke about asses and tones, but I, I can't was come up with really one. <laughs> waiting for you to say something there. I thought I had something clever, but I don't. This is a family-friendly beer drinking podcast. Uh, yes, you're right. I'm Just so kidding. Sorry. You can probably say asses and tones. Um, something else about the body of this beer, or uh, I guess sort of the mouthfeel. Let's go back to that a little bit. In certain beers, you take your sip. Same process you might use for evaluating taste that we talked about last week. Letting it kind of sit on the tongue a little bit. Let it coat all the taste buds. Kind of get that sensation, that feeling of some of the beer just like sticking like almost individually to your taste buds. Which I think to me... Must be, you know, it seems like a really big indication of the the level of carbonation in a beer, whether it just kind of washes over your tongue or if it kind of seems like it coats each taste bud and kind of like it's just like tingling. A, a, yeah, it's attached and it's like making a reaction individually um, on each taste bud, and that's um, this one. It has not like a sharp, crisp carbonation, but it has a similar effect to where I would describe it as kind of like soft and fluffy on the tongue because I, I feel it. I feel like as if my tongue is being coated with a blanket of like very soft bubbles. Yeah. I, don't know. I think if this bot, if the body of the beer was a little less full and a little, if it was a little more thin, I feel like it would have more of a pillowy kind of a feel to it because the carbonation is not like a stinging kind of carbonate where some beers are like so carbonated like you can feel the bubbles popping in your tongue and it's almost like a stinging sensation it's like pop rocks in your mouth but this one is i think the thickness of the beer kind of slows that down a little bit mm-hmm. you know i just was thinking about it too like it's basically like flavor crystals in your mouth your taste oh. buds are those nucleation points and you get bubbles whereas if you had flavor crystals in your glass it's dirt mm-hmm. <laughs> you seem a little disturbed by that mm-hmm. statement lauren mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, and so 
you know, we talk about beers having different mouthfeels. Uh, the bodies are going to vary depending on the style. There are parameters, just like with flavors, aromas, uh, an appearance for each type of style of beer. Uh, there's going to sort of be a parameter of mouthfeel that you should expect mm-hmm. from that style. And that's, you know, again, kind of, it's, this is where we're all kind of coming to with this miniseries is relating back our perception of a particular beer, evaluating that compared to what what is standard for that style of beer. So yeah. like a barley wine, I think this has been on par with other barley wines I've had as far as the mouthfeel. It's mm-hmm. that bitterness that comes from the, uh, you know, the malt and hop character, but also the, the alcohol, I think, contributes a lot to that bitterness. The higher IBUs and ABV really are making it sort of that lasting dry bitter finish. So I think this one's on par if we're, if we're evaluating it for a barley wine. Yeah, and I mean, there's a whole range of spectrum. You know, you talk about an American light lager, you're looking for super crisp, somewhat dry. Uh, well, actually pretty dry because they're usually low in carbs. And mm-hmm. then just that refreshing, highly carbonated mouthfeel. If you go to something like a Guinness, you know, the dry Irish stout, it's still going to have a surprisingly light body and a relatively smooth mouthfeel. Yeah. Pillowy, like you said, mm-hmm. is a good word for that one. Yeah, and then you move up to, you know, within that stout category, so you have the Guinness Dryer Stout, and then you have an Imperial, you know, barrel-aged stout that might be thick, syrupy, really just heavy, and there's a whole range of, of them, and it's pretty much what should it be. And, you know, we've sort of hit a lot on just overall mouthfeel and uh you know i think it's important to discuss you know what what really contributes to a beer's mouthfeel what, what kind of makes the beer have the type of body or legs as you might put it and so you know what, what are the factors that go into that so i mean really we're talking about i mean really the ingredients of beer contribute to that your, your malts and your um the adjuncts you add to the beer the sugar breaking down during fermentation that's all building up to this this body that ends up in your glass. So higher gravity beers, mm-hmm. typically you're going to end up finding something that's a little bit more body versus like you mentioned with a, like a Pilsner or like a, a light lager. Those are going to have really thin bodies because the, really, I mean, the, the product is a very low gravity beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you talk about the brewing process and there's a whole bunch of stuff out there, you know, I think, if you want a really detailed analysis, there's a good book, mainly for homebrewing, How to Brew by John Palmer, which I'd read before, but then, you know, had a little refresher before this on that. And he just goes into the full details of all the different, you know, saccharins and dextrins and everything that are involved in the brewing process. Dextrins. dextrins. But it really is a result of a few different things. It's either unfermented fermentable sugars that are derived from the mashing process, or you have unfermentable sugars that are in there so i mean a classic example would be the adjunct lactose and you think about that is it's not going to get fermented it's just going to stay in there and often contributes to a smooth mouthfeel and then it makes my tummy hurt makes your tummy (laughs) hurt you're not not a fan of the toast i can only have like one beer that may have a little bit of lactose in it for some reason it just doesn't set well with me you have to take a lactate I've never actually tried that. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, if you think about lactose, it's probably one of the more popular adjuncts that you think about, especially with some beers sours. today, you know, like sours. And 
pastry stouts and all these different things where people are just dumping lactose in them or milkshake IPAs. Yeah. It's because it makes it that smooth, creamy mouthfeel that you wouldn't get. And it, and it adds, a little, adds a little bit of sweetness, too, because it is a milk sugar. Mm-hmm. But then you think about other adjuncts like oatmeal or something. You have an oatmeal Ooh, stout yeah. that brings in proteins to the game and different uh, sugars within there. But like you said, it's all about that the final gravity. So the final gravity is basically influenced by the number of soluble sugars in there. It's basically the specific gravity compared to water. And the more uh, higher specific gravity you have, the more weight you have per that volume. And that would mean you'd have more dissolved sugars. And that's going to make that beer feel full or syrupy because it is kind of like a syrup. It's a dissolved sugar in water. Bam. Bam. Bam, bam. Then you get something real real viscous or syrupy or mm-hmm. oily. And then in some ways, I mean, that can be off-putting to people, but I think it contributes a lot positively as well with sort of that lingering aftertaste you get from mm-hmm. a beer like this. It makes it a little harder maybe to pair with certain food just because the like aftertaste or that feel you get from drinking a beer like this that's you know got a higher gravity it's it's kind of making a longer lasting uh sensation and going back to flavor from last week i mean that all kind of sticks around the flavor and mouthfeel can linger especially something that's kind of bitter so it's always nice to have something that again if you're doing a tasting you're gonna want to really wash this out with some water some uh like plain crackers or bread something to really clear and cleanse that palate reset that um that mouthfeel you're getting from something like this too. Cause even mm-hmm. though maybe the flavor has gone, a dryness you might still feel from like a, a beer that's um, like this barley wine that we talked about kind of um, drying out the, the tongue on the aftertaste a little bit. Something like water would be really nice to kind of wipe all that w- away and let yourself reset for, for the next beer. If you're doing a, a side by side or kind of a, you know, flight of, beers for your your beer judging oh yeah i mean because mouthfeel is going to influence your whole overall impression because if we you know we like to use the term crushable for a beer but we're not going to say a beer is crushable even if the flavor characteristics are right and the aroma is right and everything we're not going to say it's crushable if it's super thick and viscous Mm -hmm. you know so it's you don't want to impair that so if you're trying multiple beers back to back having some water in between to kind of reset those things you know i kept saying syrupy it's syrupy, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought like, you know, mead is made with honey. Is there a beverage, a fermented beverage that's made with maple syrup? And there is. It's called Isergland, apparently. Really? It's, but it's, it's spelled huh. like A-C-E-R-G-L-Y-N. It's basically a ferment, fermented maple syrup thing. People also call it maple mead. Popular in Canada, no, no <laughs> yeah. doubt. Yeah, you know. I'm only guessing. I I I drink it. I drink it after syrup. a good rousing game of hockey hey. with the fans. But yeah, just kind of a random tangent that I thought of in my mind. I didn't know if that existed, but apparently it does. You know, I think you can ferment anything if you put your mind to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and like I uh good kombucha is me. a good ferment. <laughs> can you ferment? I'm anything. Can you ferment me? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's like, that's the future for uh preserving and then uh, when somebody dies instead of embalming them let's just ferment them let's just happens. ferment them and drink them <laughs> waste oh. not Ew. oh gosh that's so gross <laughs> i mean some people want to be like planted in the ground to like 
fertilize fertilize a tree or something. Yeah, like, a tree from their their ashes or body yeah. or whatever. I want to be put into an urn. You want to be put into an and urn, separated and given to all of my children and to my husband because I will certainly not outlive him. Do you think that that's kind of creepy? No. It's like, all right, all right, kids, it's time to divide mom up. Get the scale. Do you have I mean, your urn? You don't have to do evenly, but like maybe put me in a nice little urn, set me up on your mantle so that you can always think of me and like I'm there. Mom's like, always watching. That's kind of weird. Okay, I think it makes way more sense than putting a body down into the dirt. No, I'm not saying that part. The part that everybody has to go there to go visit it. Like the part that's weird about me is like dividing you up and like okay. passing you out. Like, all right, fine. Don't divide me up. Just keep me all to you yourself. Know, Be selfish. No, it's like <laughs> passing you around. Passing you out is like a as a, a, a keepsake. <laughs> Here you go. Make sure you pass down the ashes of your dead grandmother. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You also have into a necklace or something oh they do gosh stuff. you can do stuff with that. what are you wearing oh it's my dead wife <laughs> <laughs> my oh my gosh <laughs> i never really thought about that but do people just continuously pass down their loved ones their remains of loved ones see i, would, I don't think so i wouldn't mind if you like just scattered me where wherever i'm too selfish i would keep you but you're gonna definitely outlive me. How is that? How are you so? Why would you say that? You do realize that married men outlive their wives. Why? Married women live a lot shorter lives if they are married. Why? Because you men drive us crazy, and you men live longer because of your wives. You're sounding pretty sexist right there. <laughs> I'm you just, men. <laughs> just making well, a statement. You men. It's proven. It's a factual statement. It's a, oh, it's factual? It's factual. Wait. It's fact, fact check that. Fact check that. Or, hear me out, mm. Joe will drive you so crazy that you will just want to murder him. Yeah. Yes, that's it. With him. I mean, that's an option. <laughs> but then, do I want to like deal with the consequences of all that? Orange is not really my color. Like, I don't really want to... You know, you need to go back to the old school black and white stripes. Oh, Oh, I do look good in black and white. (laughs) Ball and chain. We've got something here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't think too hard about it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, we got way off topic here. (laughs) But yeah, mouthfeel. Kind of the last thing to think about when you're tasting a beer, because obviously you're going to experience all the other things first. You're going to look at it. You're going to smell it. You're going to taste it. And then as it exits your mouth, after you swallow, you're going to... What? Why do you, why were you disturbed about it exiting your mouth? <laughs> well, I was confused if you were going to swallow it or spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> not a wine tasting. No, no, not a wine tasting. Um, but yeah, you swallow it and then it kind of leaves yeah. that sensation. It's the sensation when it's in your mouth and when it leaves your mouth. How does it leave you feeling? Does it keep you reaching back for another beverage? Or I'm a one and done. Or is it a one sip and Well, like, that's sip. why Imperial Stout's, like, I'm only going to have one. One probably also because of the alcohol content. But, like, it's just a more heavier mouthfeel. It lingers. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to have more than one of those usually. Yeah, exactly. It's like a it's like a nice glass of bourbon. Oh, I love my bourbon. I mean, I'm going to have, have a couple of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, you remember that one time? That one time um, at band camp? That one time that y'all had, quote unquote, one glass of Stranahan's? 
We did have one glass. That's how I recall. <laughs> one glass. One glass. That was a, that was a big glass. one round with strand of hands. Wow. Mm. Wow, that was great. That's all I had. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not good at this like Lauren. But yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up the beer evaluation mini-series. You know, if you go back, listen to the individual components, and mouth feels a little bit shorter because it's more of the physical sensation that you get with it. You could get very technical and talk about all the different things, but mainly, no, it's it's from the dissolved sugars within the beer that create that body, but then it's a combination of the astringency, the bitterness, the level of, of carbonation, all of these factors coming in to create a, a sensation that leaves you with an impression that is the mouthfeel. Yeah. If you want to read more Rainy Mosher, otherwise just uh just say what's on your say what's on your mind. As with any other evaluation rubric, expand your vocabulary, describe the beer mm-hmm. as it comes to you. And over time you'll you'll heal you'll hear other people um Describe it, and you'll you'll pick up some uh, some mouthfeel characteristics to add onto your vernacular. Oh yeah, definitely. Lauren, what you got under that uh, blanket there? Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. All right. Is that a beer in your lap? Your, or you just... Assume your position. Is it time for LC's pick of the week? <laughs> yes, it is. Are you? I didn't look. <laughs> I swear, I did not look. Well, we've got a bottle. Yep, oh, I got a bottle. I ain't got no cans this week. No cans. No like, cans. Not even two cans. Not Sam? even two, two cans, can, Sam. Sam. Two chains and two cans. Two chains. What if two I chains? Got two, two cans. Chains. One for the chain. One for the chain. Go on. <laughs> one for the chain. <laughs> You know, a guy at work today said, I used to carry two phones, and all I could think was... I got two (laughs) phones. Who said that? that I'll tell you later. Uh, Can't say it on the air. (laughs) Interesting. Mm, Interesting. This beer is loud, I will say. It's quite bubbly. Because it's got the fizz. Fizz, fizz, plop, plop. Mm. Interesting. How old is this first question? What do you mean? Is it in date? It does smell quite sour, but, but it's also it, like a fruity estery kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's also like a. Um, yeah, there's no a, drink by date. Okay, well, then it's in date. Yeah, sure. <laughs> is, there a, is there a bottling date? Uh huh. It's very. There is a bottling date. Is it supposed to be sour? I think so. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. It's almost got a bit of like a funk to it. Yeah, I, that's what it's like. It's very interesting from that perspective. Hmm. But like the fruity ester, I think, is what's throwing me off with it. Because it's maybe, almost like a banana Maybe this is not good. Hold on. I think it tastes on par. On par? Mm-hmm. Okay, very mm-hmm. interesting. So here, mouthfeel. Bright. A lot more crisp up front. Carbonation is more present. It's a little, also a little lighter body. Yeah, acidic and drying as well. Very interesting. Hmm. This is a funky. Now, maybe it's just me. But it does seem to be a little bit of an elevated ABV for what I would describe as a mostly sour beer. What's your guess? It's been a while since we've guessed ABVs. Yep. Is this a sour IPA by chance? It's not. Okay. 
That was a really big shot. Big swing and a miss. I'm going to say 7.3%. Higher. Dang. Well, I'm taking a look at this. and 9.2. Higher. Is this a triple? Dang, really? No. Okay. Wait, what? Wait, what? 10.1%. Higher. 10.8. Higher. What are you trying to kill us, woman? <laughs> 12%. Yes. 12 on the dot? 12. Can I look at it? Can you look at it? Yeah, Nick's already looking is at this it. An imp- oh, he is? I just had my eyes closed. An imperial Sour. <laughs> this is 12. Wow. Okay, so visual impressions. Zero head. It looks like apple juice with some bubbles. Uh, okay, there was head, though. There was head when it started. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, yeah. Elsie's got there a was. little bit in her glass. What is this? This is very confusing. All right, let's, let's, you know what? Let's, just, let's do this. This reminds me of that new Anthem beer that we had. That one time, that new anthem, Wild Ale, that was... I didn't like that. This isn't like... It's not like a true sour. It has just like a sour kind of like funk to it. Correct. It's not a sour at all. It is estery. I think it's a kind of a wildish ale. It's almost got like a Brett. Hmm. But something in that ABV, what could possibly be that that boozy? Like a Belgian strong or a... Yeah. Golden strong ale or something. Is it a Belgian? It's not. What are we missing? You're missing a lot. Give us a hint. It is a double something. A double something? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to get this. Not going to get it? No. It seems like a... Do you want to know what it is? Not yet. Okay. Oh, boy. It seems like it was. It's got. it's got a mixed fermentation and... There's some. It's relatively sweet, but not too sweet. Drying finish, a little bit of fruity ester more on the nose. I don't get it as much. I get like a crisp, like almost like a crisp apple mm-hmm. finish. Yeah, and look at so mine's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Lauren must have had the bottom of the bottle because hers is not clear at all. Yeah, yeah very different looking beers. So it looks like there's some particulate matter in this. Beer. It's not a saison because that'd be way too strong. Hmm. A double what? A double? Is this like a made-up style or is it an actual one? Well, it's a made. I mean, it's not a made-up style. It's a real style. But then it's brewed with other things. A hmm. double what? A double whammy? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I think of are double IPAs and doubles. How would yeah. this be a double IPA? You're shaking your head. Yes. Yeah. Tell us. So, this is a bourbon barrel aged limoncello. It's lemon a double chill. Indian pale oh, ale brewed with snap. lemon zest, lemon juice, and lactose sugar and aged in bourbon barrels. So, this was the 10th anniversary iteration of the limoncello. It was conditioned in bourbon barrels from their favorite distillery for 15 months. It was first brewed in 2010. A sour mashed double IPA with citrus. Oh, sour mashed. And lactose sugar seemed far fetched. A decade later, this re imaging represents a clearer reflection of the original vision and a fresh take on an innovative sense memory. Oh, so this bottle's not from 2010? No. This is um, from Grassroots Brewery um, in Denver, Colorado. Take a look at the bottle, oh, wait, please. From Greensboro Bend. Wait. Lemon. No, it's Hill Farmstead and Grassroots. Oh, it's a uh, okay. And so it's a collab. Casita, right? Yeah, Casita. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think we got this from Casita. We did, because the little house is on the side. Dang. 
We did kiss a little house on this one. Did a little house on it. Wow, I don't think I would have guessed that was an IPA. Double IPA. No, because I don't get much hop character at all. And I don't get a lot of barrel either. I wonder if that's that. Do you get, like, I don't get much bourbon barrel. Do you? No. It's overpowered by the citrus. Maybe that's what it is. There's a bit of like a faint, now that I think about it, there's like the oaky If you smell it, yeah, you're like, I think that might be what's giving it that mixed fermentation kind of a smell because it's yeah. more probably the the sourness is probably more from the lemon and from the mm-hmm. but maybe that's what i'm thinking of because it doesn't have like that barnyard funk of a brett fermentation but it's got like kind of that smell yeah it just was like tart but without being like a traditional sour ale it was very clear that the I almost want to say, yeah, sour. I, I don't want to guess that it was like an adjunct, but clearly there's a lot going on here with the lemon and the citrus added in, plus the mm-hmm. barrel aging. The ABV really threw me off. Plus the too. lactose. Yeah, I mean. Well, I would say you cannot taste the booze in that compared to the mm-hmm. barley wine. Like the barley wine yes, is, is booze forward. This is, I think, the just overtaken by the tartness. Yeah. Oof. But that's it's interesting. Why... It almost took on, like, I wonder the barrel aging probably gave it that kind of a funky flavor, but not too woody. And it's not, you know how some bourbon barrel aged yeah. beers are, like, very bourbon on the nose. Like, this one is not bourbon Correct. on the nose at all. Yeah. I think um, this is just a testament to how well, like, lemon and sour... Oh yeah, does as a mixer for cocktails because it really does a great job of muting the yeah, harshness. Or that's why I drink a lot of those. I'm very curious to see what this got on Untapped. I bet it's a crazy good score because Hill Farmstead people love. Uh, I'm no exception. Lemon cello. Lemon cello. And it's spelled like lemon cello. Lemon cello IPA. Bourbon well, barrel aged lemon cello. Yeah. Uh, guess what the untapped score is. I've had one friend check it in. Taj. No surprise there since we bought it at Casita. Because Casita does have ties to Hill Farmstead. Wow, it's got a very, very high average. A 4.09 on untapped. Which is really high for beers. Yeah. I would probably still give this around a 4. Yeah, I would definitely give this a 4. Probably a little more. The biggest thing for me is that I'm thrown off by the double IPA part. Like, that is what really... It does not drink like an IPA at all. No, and I wonder if that's a testament to the aging, because, you know, IPAs, usually it's like, drink fresh. Drink it fresh. But they're like, nah, don't drink it fresh. Let's sour mash it and throw it in a barrel for 15 months, and then you can drink it. Yeah, maybe I'm just a little more sensitive to that, like, strength of the alcohol, but that was my first couple sips of it. I did notice it. I would not have guessed the barrel aging component but, <laughs> yeah i only thought um, it was like seven percent now that can you imagine if we would have guessed that oh gosh this is a bourbon barrel aged double, double IPA, ipa with some with lemon, lemon <laughs> zest i would have been like y'all cheated y'all looked at my bottle before you know i felt good about the last ones we were like oh yeah this is a spice seasonal kind of an ale yada 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 and then we got this one it's like oh no you guys are completely way off yeah, you were. It was a nice challenge. You all suck. We do suck. Well, let's, you know. Guess what? You need to practice more. Gotta so we'll hit that pracky, boys. Pracky. 
Got to hit them prackies. So what you're saying is we just need to keep on drinking beer. Yeah, I like that. I guess so. Yeah. The I beer guess so. train rolls on. The beer train. So. Does Untapped have a thing where you can scan the label? Uh, I actually think it does. If not, I want to. Yeah, right it. here. Look at. Oh, okay. You want to invent it? Hey, Untapped, <laughs> I'm gonna invent an idea for you. They're not listening. I wish they Perfect. were. Perfect. That'd be radical if they Super were. Super easy. Look at this. Super easy. Look at this. Are you going to give it a four? 0.25. Wow. That's a high rating for you considering you gave that one beer last week a 0.5. It wasn't good. What was it? Um, Lauren's profile. Let's see. Six piece combo. Mild. Oh, was that it was from a Pitch saison Street? from Pitch Street. Oh, wow. You are throwing shade. It was not a good beer. In your opinion. I don't remember it being that bad. Do you remember it being that good? I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. No one cares what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Lauren's like, I don't don't like it, (laughs) 0.5. I kind of like it, 4.25. That is not how I roll. Lauren's not much for debate. No, it's, it's her she deals opinion. in absolutes. Yeah. If I could give it a zero, I would. I would have. Why can't I? You can probably give it a point two five. I gave oh I gave it a point five, so I thought I was being generous. Wow. Jeez. What'd you what'd you guys learn today, I guess? That lemon zest and um barrel aging really throws you guys off. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Put some lemons in a barrel. We don't know what's going on. Lauren, Nick. Well, I learned that last week Lauren was not skiing with Michael Phelps in the Swiss Alps. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Because she didn't even post a single picture about it. So, and who would not post a single picture about Michael yeah, Phelps in, in the, the Swiss, Swiss Alps? I mean, I was living in the moment. Yolo. You know? You have to really just enjoy the moments and not worry about, like, getting a photo of it. Gone other days where picture or it didn't happen. No? You're not wearing those... Wait, remember when the Snapchat glasses came out? What? Were those actually a real thing? Wait, Snapchat what? glasses? Do you remember that? I thought it was, like, the... They had, like, cameras and you could, like, take I thought pictures. that was Google. I thought Google had glasses. No, that was Google, uh... Google glasses. Google glasses. Google yeah. glass. Google glass, but that didn't... No, but that was like a computer on your face. The Snapchat glasses were just like, let me take a Snapchat. Oh. No, I never heard of that. You never heard about that? No, I don't. I think it failed, but you don't. You're not. You weren't wearing those. Why? Wow. What did you learn? I learned that Lauren deals in absolutes. If your beer is not good, strike it down. If your beer is good, you'll get a moderately good rating. Lauren, have you given five before? Let me see. Probably. Is there a way I can check that quickly? Yes. How? Yeah, filter your ratings. Just tap on that. I don't think I have because I think if I had this little doodicky would be up. Doodicky. You have. You're given one. One five. Ooh, let's see what it was. What was it? Bud Light. What? <laughs> what was it? Apparently something that Nitro Rubeus from Founders. It's a fruit beer. Now that was a very good beer. Yeah, but no, uh, wait. This is. I'm thinking of a different one. Impressive impressive let's see have i given out any fives i have i know i have for sure let's find out let's sort by rating i don't remember who i had this beer with Uh oh you should have tagged your friend actually i've given I had, 
The who tagged friends. Wow, I've given one five, yes. and it was Real Men of Genius by Local Oak. Real, Real Men of Genius. That's really good. I had it with you guys. You did? At Emporium on July 19th, 2019. Wow. 2019? <laughs> 2019. 2019. I've given no fives out. Mm. Wow, I've Nick. given three. Wow. Three beers of 4.75 rating, but no five. Nick's in the pursuit of perfection. I'll know it when I taste it. Don't mess with him. Oh. That's why I was kind of like in the, um, you know, when am I going to have such a a chance, a chance to encounter such a beer? I might as well rate some fives while I, ha- while I live. Uh, actually, I've given out 10 4.75s, and one, two, three of them are from Local Oak. <laughs> That's just a testament to those guys. Another one from Hill Farmstead, Harlan. Uh, Noche Silenciosa from Mother Earth. Spaceway scene. Spaceway. Rye beer. Ooh, that was the first beer we had when we stopped by the brewery. Ooh, Clearwater by Koi Pond. That was the one that Lars helped brew, isn't it? I think so. Uh, and then Bourbon Fred from the Stone from Hair of the Dog and then Blueberry Crumble by Jay Wakefield. So I've at least got some respectable breweries up in there. Yep. I respect it. I respect it. Put some respect on that. Again, no respect. Put some respect on it. Do it, Lauren. Put some respect on it. Get no <laughs> Alright. Well, on that note. On that note. Oh, wait. On that note, our social media. <laughs> on. The, before that note. Before that note, check us out on social media Instagram, East Carolina Beer. Twitter, East Beer. Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing. Uh, if you want to send us an email, East Carolina Beer at gmail.com. If you want to send us beer, either DM us or hit us up on that. On. And on that note.